Hello and welcome back to the Through the Line podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Emily. And we're going to be giving you a nice little wrap-up of the national meet heading into this nice travel weekend. Thanksgiving. What? All these kids travel going, I don't know. People going back home. All Thanksgiving. Right. Something to listen to in the car. That was a weird All way right, to put that, but okay. I'm, I'm preemptively workshopping our tweet. I'll go out with this. <laughs> okay. Well, congratulations to all the competitors and yeah it was awesome i loved being out there yeah it's always exciting so yeah it was uh it was really fun being on that course again actually brought back a lot of memories i'm sentimental very sentimental but we can move right into it then time to congratulate our team champions yes for the first time ever pomona pitzer Pomona Pitzer, getting it done. So it was their first podium appearance. They claimed the national title. They scored 164 points, which put them well out of reach of who we thought was going to win. And, I mean, it was just a great performance. They proved me wrong. Yeah. Like, a huge amount. I, was, I made a statement saying, like, who knows how they're going to be able to compete in the conditions. Didn't matter. They did, <laughs> they did really well. Um the other team, Claremont Mudscripts, right, also performed like, you know, as good as could be expected from them. So both of those teams showed that despite the course being very muddy and the footing not being great, they they were they were here to do something special. Yeah, I and I think on the men's side. I mean, I didn't really realize what was happening as it was happening. Um, I just think there's so many teams that were, like, in the mix there, um, which I guess was kind of to be expected. I thought North Central was a favorite, but not not like, oh, man, they can't lose kind of thing. So it wasn't, I guess, necessarily all that surprising that it wasn't North Central that won, but I think it was pretty surprising to everyone that it was Pono, Pono, ugh, Pomona, Pomona Pitzer. Pitzer that did it. Yeah. North Central – took second, like Emily was saying, and they came in ahead of Williams by a single point, 182 to 183. So that kind of breaks out the rankings that were provided by USATF going into this weekend. And, I mean, in my opinion, kind of shows that North Central probably could have maintained their number one ranking heading into this. No reason why it switched. Oh, for sure. And, yeah, I don't know if you want to get into, like, what happened with them too much but i mean they so they moved up a lot during the race and that's kind of their style of racing yeah um that one of their competitors moved up more than any other competitor on the weekend over like over 50 places between the 6.4k and the 8k mark so literally in that last 2k Um, last mile 1600 meters that was a weird like metric that they kept putting out because i don't think the strips were in the same it, place, at all the championships so I don't know. plus all the courses are different like yeah. everything's different you're yeah. being a, it weird i get stat. what they, i get what they were getting at i just i think they should have done cool. it like first like the first split to the last yeah split would have been a better yeah because at least that is like a I don't know, more there there's more race to go but then yeah. again if you're also comparing against d1 they run a 10k for the men so it's like even that is still, like, messy. I don't know. Regardless, that's super impressive. They kind of got, I think, stuck a little bit, probably because of the conditions. Like, they moved up a ton. If they had been up 
started up a little higher and didn't have to pass all, all these groups and clumps of people, could they have done a little bit better? Maybe. It's hard to say, especially considering that they weren't, at the end of the day, that far down. But 18 points separated them from first. So I don't think they tactically ran the best race, and that's why they lost. Yeah. Still a good team. They were going for their 20th title. I know. They'll just now have they, to make it 20 and 20, so. 20 and 20. So, that's. I mean, there are still positives for their performance. And Williams also had a great race. I picked um, Aiden Ryan. I know I got his name flipped on the last pod. Uh, that's because the results were like that. I was just reading um, too quickly. But had a good race. Um, scored eight points. So, it's like... A lot of people had good days. I mean, he was 10th overall, so. Just yeah, no, I mean, I, I, Pomona Pitzer kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, if, if they hadn't won, it would have been a very um, tight finish then for yeah. one, two, obviously, but. I mean, yeah. that was, Pomona Pitzer winning is probably my, like, biggest surprise of the weekend, which is. Yes. Uh, maybe it shouldn't have been as big of a surprise because the times they were putting out. And, well, I think everything, everything just, else, the people that did what they did, it was ex- – you could see that reality happening. I don't think anyone just really thought that Pomona Pitzer was going to win. Yeah, Not yeah. that they weren't in contention, but it just – I don't know. They were a team that could make the podium, but there's a lot of teams that could make the podium. Yes. And so it's – to win outright like that is enormously impressive, and congratulations, all the success – that's awesome. I can't wait to see what they do, you know, in track and then again in cross next yeah. year. Yeah, I know. It was cool. All right. Women? Yes. Um, so Johns Hopkins um, came out with the win over Wash U. I don't really know if you can call it an upset because I both teams were favored um, at multiple points in the season. I thought that Wash U was going to have it over them, but – Johns Hopkins just took care of business and Wash U, frankly, kind of fell apart there. Um, but John Hopkins' spread was under 50 seconds and that really sealed the deal for them. Uh, and one wrinkle to this whole thing was one of Wash U's, I'm a, I, I think she was essentially top five, like most of the season, was a DNF. And it probably had an impact on their final score because if you had. We were seeing what their spread was like. It was often more than Johns Hopkins to begin with. And then if you have to like slot a six into your five at that point or even farther down, she this this girl was kind of jumpy in where she was finishing on their team throughout the season. But you could imagine like having her in there finishing probably would have helped their score at the end of the day. So we don't really know what – I don't know what happened there and what really happened with them, but oh, she's okay. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And like they had the same problem that North Central did, where they went out really um, conservative. Yeah, like way towards the back. And I think, like, I understand. I mean, we race like that. I understand the racing style. I think there's a couple things going on with that being a problem at nationals. Is one, the level of competition is so much higher than a normal meet. So when you go out. Um, mid to back pack, 
you're just having to pass so many people um, that are running like as fast as you that it's just a lot of like and not as many are going to come back. Yes, a, yes. As you're used. So to, it, it makes it harder to pass that many people, and they're not they're not coming back as easy. But that's part of the problem. And the second part of the problem was the weather and the conditions on the course. So it was not great. I mean, I've seen worse, but um, it was pretty muddy and wet out there. So that was slowing everybody down. Um, and you can imagine it slowed both of those. I mean, slowed wash you down a little bit um, and took momentum out. But I, they, were, they weren't coming through the K or the uh, – I don't know where they were at in 3K. But they didn't come through the K like they were a team that was ready to win. I mean, they had tightened up by the time they got to 3K. But, I mean, in terms of getting out and the way that that course is structured, you'd want to like – you want to be in a good position around that well, K, how, 2K. How, where the course gets the muddiest and, and things start to, like, really get stuck is right around that K, Well, 2K. yeah, yeah. So, like, they, I feel like they needed to be in probably a better spot around the K in the mile. And that because that mile part, that's, like, pretty windy. A lot of, sh- like, mm-hmm. um, turns there. And I... It probably just like a lot of expended energy getting around people at that point in time. But other than that, I, it was impressive for John Hopkins. They were in, they went out and they raced like they were going to win and they were in first at every checkpoint. So, and they only like widened their gap over like the second place team. So mm-hmm. that was really impressive for them. They were racing with confidence and, um, it's nice that that paid off for them. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, that's what that's what got them there. Right? Yeah, no, and I think I think like that was really good strategy for like the conditions on the day, and I think I think that the course conditions really impacted some other teams' race plans, and um, that is, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not surprised that John Hopkins won, um, but it's not the same as like it was on the men's side. Johns Hopkins, I mean, oh no, we, I we, mean we. We're low on Wash U, and then we converted. Yeah, yeah. And then mm-hmm. now we're like, well, John not Tom, totally they were surprised. like, John Hopkins was just like steady. They weren't doing anything like crazy. Um, and Wash U had just like was getting a little bit better every week, and like maybe it was gonna be. I don't know. Like, I was expecting like some of it to be like kind of a blowout, and like John Hopkins was the one that ended up being on the top of that and like did win by a decent amount so not i'm not surprised by any um stretch of the imagination but um and then williams and university of chicago finish out the podium this is a great performance for university of chicago um though i think that like it shouldn't have been unexpected though they were ranked seven going in to the meet in the national poll but they've I mean, they've had a really strong season. They beat Wash U at one point at the beginning, and they haven't really been getting much worse. I, I don't know if they, I would say they were getting like better, but I, it's hard when you're racing like a, a second caliber team the entire season um, to not not cramp down on like what your possibilities are as a team. So they, I think it was a great performance for them and a really good finish. That was the team side of stuff. Yeah. Going on to the individuals. So on the men's side, uh, it was a really good race. So it started with a pack of like basically all the favorites. You had um, 
Aiden Ryan of Williams kind of up front pushing the pace, and you also had the dynamic duo from lacrosse. It really looked like it could have been anybody's race until about halfway. That's when Patrick Watson from Stevenson, and they had some, like, he had a bold singlet on. Like, that was, like, yeah. bold, high, like, bright green. It, I mean, it was a statement. And when he took off, it was a statement, right? So once he charged ahead and kind of gapped the field, everything started to string out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew Wilkinson from Carlton, was, you could tell, like, just on their faces between the two of them. So Patrick from Stevenson, he looked like he was fighting, but that he was smooth and in control and like he was making a definitive move. And then you looked at, you know, Matthew Wilkinson who ended up getting second and he was covering it better than anybody else did, but he was fighting really hard to, to try to close it. And it it just wasn't going to be able to happen. So after they passed the finish on the first lap, it kind of started to look like, Oh, this is actually going to be how it is and who, who's going to win. So that was kind of exciting, and we saw him going through. Uh, ultimately, he crossed the line first, pumped his fist. It was uh, yeah. pretty awesome to see. And then the rest of the competitors kind of trickled in behind him. Yeah, yeah, no, it was um, a big move. Everyone looked like they were hurting. Yeah. So. It, it I think it is like that, you need to just, like... Make it hurt. Yeah, you know, and, like, you control it yourself. I mean, yeah. you have to have the confidence that you're going to be able to close, but... Um, I think mentally it's such a big advantage to be making the move and not having just to respond, 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 um, but actually like taking charge of. Yeah. And I mean, he made basically one real move. Yeah. Once he went to the front, he just fought it and, and fought to just kind of pour it on everybody else. So super impressive. So he, we're, I'm going to break down his season. So it was almost perfect. Uh, he placed fourth at a season opener over 5K, which was his only loss for the year. Um, after that, he placed first at the Shannon Harity invite um, over the 8K distance in 25.55. Then first over 6K at the C- ECXC short course invite. First at the 31st annual Don Cather- Cathcart Invitational, which was a very big meet. Um, and then his PR for the season came at the Rowan Interregional Border Battle. It, he ran 24 flat point one. So, I mean, that kind of stinks. But um, then he won the MAC Conference, the Mid-East Regional, and the National Champs. So, great campaign. Basically a perfect season, if you ignore that first, first result. Awesome to see. Hope he has a great track season. We might be looking at a, you know, maybe a 10K, 5K guy and a double potential. <laughs> I mean, that's a oh, who knows, but yeah, could happen. Yep, and then on the women's side, um, sorry, I'm reading my notes. Parley Hannon of Ithaca won. Um, it was really a race between women, two women, and one of them was not named Paige Lawler, <laughs> um, or neither of them were. Um, so Parley Hannon was the winner, and her and Jenny Cochran of SUNY Geneseo. Went out really hard from the gun, and essentially just the two of them were battling through 3K. They had gapped the fields pretty significantly um, by the first mile, I'd say. And they ended up going head-to-head to the 3K, and then Hannon really started to accelerate through the 4K um, checkpoint. 
And at that point, um, Corcoran really didn't have a response. She was falling off. She did hold on for a second, but after Hannon put the move on, it was like basically over at that point. Um, Hannon ends up winning the race by 18 seconds over Corcoran in a time of 2053. That was a really fast time considering the course conditions. Um, it's, I think, one of the top 25 championships performances from what I saw on the NCAA website. So, um, good, good result for that. And it's a fast course, so even with the course conditions, it helps that it's a um, speedy location. But Im- impressive considering everything. Um, and then for her season, she had a really strong season. She finished no, I think no lower than second place at any point in time. Um, she finished second at the Yellow Jacket and the Geneseo Invite, and she lost to Jenny Corcoran both times. And then she won a variety of meets as well, including the Connecticut College Invite, her Liberty League Co- Conference meet, and then the Atlantic Regional where she beat Jenny Corcoran. Um, that was essentially almost a lifetime and season's best on Saturday. She missed it by a second. So uh, really good performance in terms of her ability. Um, she's a sophomore on eligibility, but she's a senior academically. Like the Ithaca write-ups and stuff refer to her as a senior. So I don't really know if she's going to come back next year. I guess we'll have to see. Um, but if I don't think she probably is going to come back for two more seasons I wouldn't think that's like a stretch but she might have one more in her and interesting to see what she does in track because this was like a really a big breakout season it doesn't seem like she ran at all before like last year from what I can tell anywhere um but um very impressive yeah I hope she does so we can see what happens in the future yeah yeah no I mean like I don't think she qualified for track last year, and she didn't qualify in cross country. So, um, very interesting. But um, it, that was a good race to watch as well. Yeah, awesome. All right, so let's break down the regions and how they did respectively to each other, right? So, on the men's side, uh, I'm just going to go through it in alphabetical order. The Atlantic region, their median team finish was 15. Oh, I guess we should explain math again. Oh, yeah. Is that, so, patri- is that patronizing? I mean, yes, but, you know, just we, quick, we had to look it up. A so. quick reminder, we're going to go through the average and the median. And a median is a form of an it's, average. Average is, is used as, like, a general term, but... An, the average and the way that we're calculating it is just a sum of the group divided by the count of the group, and then the median is the middle most number. So you work your way from the ends and meet in the middle. So right. so if there's five teams and they place one, two, three, four, five, the median is three. The average also happens to be three. That was a bad example. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the median is a form of an average, so you could hear median referred to as average, but... Usually, average is referred to the the summing of the group divided by the count. Um, that's what you'll usually hear an average referred to as, but um, they're all yeah. measures of the same thing. Right. There's just different ways to get about it. But we went through both just to see what the differences were. The other important thing, did you just say this, but that if there's four teams, right, and you calculate the median, obviously you can't have two teams be the median, so then it's... The, then the, the mean average between of the, the two, two of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the mean. The That's, mean between the two of them. So we're doing should, median and mean. I guess, <laughs> I, have, mean. I guess I should have referred to it as that. Sorry. I forgot. Yeah. All right. Now that the 
hefty, <laughs> hefty math lesson that we're all trying to remember from third grade is over. We'll talk about the Atlantic region. So their average finish was 15th, and their median finish was also 15th, so that's pretty good. That's also one of the better performances on the guys' side region-wise, so just keep that in mind. Um, like I mentioned before in other recaps, um, you kind of want all of the regions to be around 16 and a half well, for an okay. average. <laughs> That's if you, if it's like an evenly matched, that's to sure. achieve if, if an evenly matched, matched field. Field, yeah. Now, that's not easy to do. No. So anything close, I'm like super happy with. Yeah. Anyway. Do you, so should I go through the Atlantic now? Yeah, you, you go. Okay. Um, on the women's side, the Atlantic's average finish was 20 and their median was 22. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously it's not the best <laughs> result for them, but you have to think that they did have six teams there. So, um, more opportunity for you to be finishing lower on the, um, scale of stuff. I guess, I guess that is true, um. And I and I don't think that their top top teams finished maybe as high as, high as, as they were expecting. expecting um, so that that impacts it as well because SUNY Geneseo, I mean, was potentially a podium team and they barely finished top. They finished tenth, so that would have an impact on that. Uh, Central region uh, average finish was nineteen and a quarter, so nineteen, and the median finish was also nineteen, so. Again, keeping it pretty close here. Uh, that's actually pretty relatively good. They had a little bit of a drop with Wartburg finishing lower than was kind of anticipated. And same thing kind of with uh, Carlton, who actually finished ahead of Wartburg here. So, yeah, that kind of that affects the, those two values. But altogether, pretty good mm-hmm. performance. All right, for the women on the central region, uh, their average was six, and their median was also six. They had a really good day. Um, both Carlton and Warburg finished in the top six, which is impressive. I didn't think that Carlton was necessarily a top five team um, going into the meet, but they they performed well. I think it seems like that region's been racing in a lot of weather this season, so that probably helped them um, come race day. On the men's Great Lakes side, uh, average finish was also 19 and a quarter, just like the central, and the medium was 19 and a half. So uh, that just say 20 and 19 for them. Um, yeah. Just like I said with the central region, you, it's hard to not be content with performances like that. It, when you're only three points off of yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the average, not bad. Um, so for the women in the Great Lakes, their average was 22 and their median was 24. Um, they did not have a good day, and I think it <laughs> it maybe it could have been expected. Make yeah, no, I mean I think I, I when we're getting at these averages and median, it's more just like okay, at the end of the day, we have to think about we didn't think critically how many teams they got and then like where we're seeing these teams finishing. And I mean, I didn't think going into regionals that they deserved um, anywhere close to six. I thought really they only deserved maybe four. You could tell me on four. And um, 
this this meet, I think, just confirmed that that is the case. And you get into the city thing, and it always comes up as, like, there's, like, a bunch of teams that are, like, equivalent to those teams. So, like, someone's got to finish in those places, and one of these regions is going to be – these regions are not always going to be equally matched. They just aren't yeah. um, because they're based off of geography and not anything it's not in terms of based. merit. Yeah, so you'd expect that – there are regions that are, their averages are going to be lower. It it gets to be a problem when we're seeing like six teams out of that region, and that's like where they're around where they're finishing. So give somebody else a chance. Well, and it's just it's you're arguing that like that region is as strong as like New England or Atlantic and stuff like that. And well, this year they almost were as strong as that. I almost. I don't think that they were the. I mean, like their their spread was team. like the Great Lakes spread was like way tight and it was like at the wrong end of the spectrum whereas the Atlantic had teams that were in the top 10 yeah. um so yeah it it was um it is what it is but that's what happened there um okay mid east on the men's side 18 median 16 and two thirds average so 17 that's like almost perfect right those are when, when i look at this i would be saying those are the exact teams that should have got out of that region yeah um so it's hard to not be happy with it and part of I, you're going to kind of pick up on this what i was saying last week is you know i was actually pretty happy with those picks yeah um, the what the committee selected for the men's side sure we'll see here in a second that some things could have gone a different way but pretty content with it mm-hmm um, on the women's side in the Mideast, their average was 11 and their median was 9. So really strong region. They got three teams, but it seems like those were all really, really good teams. So uh, everyone performed as expected. Um, and a strong region. Uh, good performance there. Yeah. Uh, Midwest, this was one of the better of the regions on the men's side. So their median finish was 7th and their average finish was 9.2. So 9 that's really good. That's 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 really good. Um, maybe they could have got another team, and you take it from you know the Central Great Lakes, New or New England. Um, that's kind of how it would break down there. I mean, when you really look at it, their last place team finished, I believe, twenty first. So there's a lot of room there for another team after them. All right. On the women's side of the Midwest, their average was – oh, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Um, um, Their average was 10 and their median was 11. So another strong region. Good performances there. Um, They did really well, and it helps that they have – a number two team, um, but... A number two and a number four? Yeah, number two and a number four, but still, like, really good. I mean, they all finished, I think, in the top 20, 20 so... 19th. Great region um, there. Lacrosse. Good job, lacrosse. <laughs> but... Okay. Uh, New England on the men's side, uh, 19.5 uh, for the median, so 20, and... Uh, 18.6, so 19 on the average finish. Basically lines them right up with the Central Great Lakes and, and 
sort of lines them up with the Mideast as well. Nice. Um, for the women, the New England had an average finish of 12 and a median of 11. Um, I've said it once and I've sa- I'll say it again. New England is the best region in the country on the women's side. And yeah, especially when you they think had about how many, six, teams yeah, six teams and they out. averaged 12. So really, really impressive there, um, that region. And they had the, the largest number of all Americans, which we'll get into in a bit, in a second, but yeah. All right. Um, South on the guys' side, 23.5 and 23.5, so 24 across the board there. Uh, There isn't really much to be said other than that. Like, the best placing was 17th and the lowest was 30th, which is how you get there. Um, They got their two teams, and and that was. Yeah. that's That's the story. I think getting the two teams is fair, so. It is what it is. Just a just a weaker region this year. Yeah. Um, and then on the women's side, the South had an average of 28 and a median of 29. Again, their teams were... Um, yeah, they get the two and then they get the one AQ or the one at, at large. large. And um, they did fine. I, I don't know, like nothing great, but they're going to have two at least and... Those weren't super high either. So you take a you take a camel with all of these teams, like how they're going to perform. So yeah. it just is what it is. I don't. Yeah. Uh, West on the men's side, I went to bat for the West region last couple weeks. I talked about how I thought that UC Santa Cruz deserved to be there. They proved me right. Uh, their average finish was nine point six, so ten, and their median finish was six. Their lowest place, UC Santa Cruz, was 22nd, proving that they deserved that third team this year. Yeah, they did good. Great job. Great job to the, the team, championship, <laughs> team champions. Uh, you know, a sixth place finish and then a team really punching above their weight and finishing 22nd. So good job, West Region. Nice. Um, and then on the women's side, the West had... The perfect average and median of 16. So <laughs> exactly you how go. you want to see it. And it was the two. They just got the two automatics. So um, Says it was interesting. Those the teams that should be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So we'll talk about the breakdown of all Americans. I'm just going to run through it on the guys. And then you can just run through it on the girls. Yeah. Okay. Um, so all American and then percent total of all Americans. So Atlantic had six, which was 15% central. And Great Lakes had four apiece. That's 10%. The Mideast had three. Uh, that's 8%. Midwest was the big winner with 12. Full 30% of the All-Americans went to the Midwest. New England had six, which was 15%. Uh, South had just one for 3%. And the West had four for 10%. So that's top 40 finishers at the national championship and the breakdowns. Good job by the Midwest. Um, Atlantic and New England represented well as well. Nice. Um, on the women's side, the Atlantic had two All-Americans, which was 5% of the total. Uh, Central had eight, which was 20%. Great Lakes had five, which was 13%. Mid-East had four, which was 10%. The Midwest had five, which was 13%. Um, the New England was the big winner with 11, which was 28%. 
And then the South had one for 3% and the West had four for 10%. So the New England is not only the strongest team. Well, they kind of go hand in hand. Strongest team, but also strongest individuals. Yeah, I mean, not always, but yeah, generally speaking, they do grow. All right. So now how we did in our little draft. (laughs) Last thing we've got for you guys. Uh, Men's side. I got beat. I got beat real bad. I scored 300 points. I realized that uh, to, to, to Emily's 235, so congratulations, Emily. Dominated Thank you. the competition there. Um, I realized that despite everything that I've been saying, I didn't really pick the teams that I was high on heading into this weekend. No, you didn't. <laughs> so should have just stuck with my conventional wisdom, I guess, but good job all the teams that competed and next year my team please help me um on the women's draft um ben won which is unfortunate for the group but uh i scored 275 and he scored 268 so the margin was a lot closer so i was was pretty close i will say i got screwed with a couple teams so yeah i did better picking teams that made it I think everyone, like we did on the men's side, too. Well, on the men's side, I did bad. I got I got the only one that we didn't pick. That's what I'm saying. So we were, in general, pretty good about picking the teams that made it. But yeah. then on the women's side, we missed a few because of things that happened. <laughs> you can listen to our previous podcast if you're in, in the dark about what that was. I'm not going to yeah. relitigate that. Um, but that... That impacted our score because I I lost a lot of points there. Yeah. So, again. Oh, yeah. Good job. Good competition. Great season. It was a good season. Yeah. We'll we'll check back with you guys uh, next August. (laughs) Unless something crazy happens at this coach's convention, then we might have an emergency pod about regionals. But Emergency. Yeah. Okay. Emergency in my world. Maybe not for Emily. (laughs) I would not. I would not consider any cross country matters emergencies anymore in my life. So oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, congratulations! Congrats to all the seniors, and that's a wrap. Yeah. Woo. Woo.